This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast. I'm your host, Stone Fredrickson, and on this show, I explore the different minds and lifestyles of very successful content creators, entrepreneurs, and investors to try to provide you with as much valuable information so that you can become successful. Today, I am joined by one of my favorite entrepreneurs and content creators, Todd Collins. Todd has over 10 years of online reputation management, branding, and social media marketing. He has become the go-to in the restaurant, real estate, and automotive industry on how to strategize for the best results in regards of online presence. He is now a strategy consultant at Beamed Media, which is his agency that empowers businesses to go digital. By dealing with well-known businesses all across the country, his knowledge has, quote, been indispensable to steering the company towards success. We discuss his experience, his company, his expertise, and we go over everything you need to know in terms of building a following online for yourself and or for your business. We also go for, we also go into TikTok, social media, entrepreneurship, and at the end, we discuss investments. So super excited for him to be on the show. Make sure you check him out at Todd Collins Official on TikTok, and from there, you can find the rest, or you could just click the links in the description. Also, be sure you subscribe to the podcast and sauce me a nice five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Follow me on TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy. Todd, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, you know, what you do, you know, your content you put out, um, everything you do. I mean, it's, it's super impressive. And you're one of the people I really admire and, and look up to. Um, but for anyone that doesn't know who you are and what you've done, kind of fill in the audience on your story and who you are. Yeah. So uh, my name is Todd Collins. Uh, Coach Stone, thank you for having me on your podcast. This is <laughs> truly an honor, thank my you. friend. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, so I, I got into uh, I got into the digital space um, in kind of a different way than what the traditional, you know, quote unquote marketing person um, how they get into the space. I, I came in kind of like the back the backside of this industry on reputation management. So everything that I was doing and assisting people with, whether it was a business or it was somebody like actually an actual person, um, it was dealing with uh, online defamation and, and reputation management. So our job, or my job at the time was to protect protect people's online reputation. Um, I'm older than probably the average person in this industry. I'm 43, I'll be 44 in December. So I was around when Yelp started making its way into the digital landscape um, when Facebook started kind of going from reviews to recommendations, when Google started integrating their, their Google or Google reviews. And it really in the hospita hospitality industry, that was where the, most of this was happening. And then it started to kind of cast this huge wide net over every industry that was, you know, consumer to buyer. So um, yeah. that's where I started. And um, we, we eventually as a, as a, as a company, industry we grew as the industry grew 
and we started uh, making ourselves available to other things. <clears throat> I started educating myself under a guy by the name of Dennis Yu, who um, was one of the like, main guys in Yahoo um, years ago. You guys wouldn't even remember Yahoo being a search engine, but it, it was the go-to search engine back in the day. And uh, he's, um, he's done amazing things with Facebook marketing. Um, and has grown it into some other things too. And uh, that's kind of where I got all my tutelage from and was able to kind of take that to the next level with our with our company and build out its its good reputation online. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about, you know, your company and being media here in a second. Um, but you do so, you do a lot. I mean, you have your content, you have you had the podcast. I'm not sure if you still do that or not, but uh, you also have, I mean, your company you have the NFTs, you got merch, you got a bunch of bunch of shit in your uh, in your store. But I wanted to ask you, how do you manage your time and how do you figure out like what to prioritize? You know, I, as you get older, you start to realize that the prioritization needs to be for you and you alone at the top. You know, you become the pillar of everything. <clears throat> and for me, um, when I wake up, it it's it's me and only me. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Everybody else takes a back seat, um, whether it's, and this, and there was an article written about me years ago about this. And it was, by the way, I'm still in that same relationship, but it was me first, business second, family third. And a lot of people disagree with me on that statement, but they didn't understand me, first of all, like my family understands me and that my business understands me. And when you prioritize yourself as being the top, and then working your way down, things become a lot easier. So the first usually two to three hours of the day is dedicated to myself and to the brand and to putting out content. And then everything else kind of falls into place from there with the business, the family, everything else. But you got to make it, if you want it to work for yourself, then you have to make yourself the priority. And there's very, very... Um, there's a limited amount of people in the world that are willing to do that. Um, and they can take that statement as a positive or a negative, but regardless, if you're not willing to put yourself before everything else, then, you know, that's exactly where you're going to fall. Yeah. So yeah. And I think it's, I think it's super important. I mean, you got to take care of yourself, especially the mental aspect as well. Like you can't get burnt out. You gotta, uh, I, for me, I I'm big on a to-do list. And so like, after I'm done, you know, whether it be working out or, you know, just doing a little walk around the neighborhood, um, if I, if I don't have school and I, once I get to work, it's a to-do list, I'm blocking off my schedule, you know, and I always give time for myself, you know? And so I, I think that's a huge, that's a huge point. Um, but in, in terms of B media, I mean, you guys do so much. You guys do digital marketing, social media, SEO, email marketing, SMS, websites. Um, kind of run me through, like, w when you're looking at a new client, what are what are maybe like a, a checklist you look at? You know, maybe uh, uh, mentally or physically, like the must-haves you look at. Um, what what are those, and what do you recommend uh, some small some, some small businesses to have? They have to have money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And when I say that, I mean, like, they've got to be willing to invest into what's needed for what their expectation is. And there's a lot of times where, um, you know, I, a lot of people think 
in the very beginning, you have to go knock on doors. You have to bang, you know, you have to bang doors. You got to send the emails. You got to send all this. I mean, that shit does work. I don't care what anybody says. The cold yeah. emails, all that, it does work to a point. Eventually, you get to the point where majority of your business is going to be referral. And it doesn't matter what business you're in, whether you're a car dealer, whether you're a digital marketing firm, whether you're a restaurant, it doesn't matter. You're going to eventually be working on majority of your business is going to be referral. So that's kind of where we are now as the, the, the evolution of our business. That's where we are now, where majority, we don't go looking for clients anymore. Our clients are typically referred to us or they're filtered in through my brand. And most people really only want those three basic things that we that we handle, which are consistent social organic social media that is just an awareness of their brand on a daily basis on the platforms that are important to be on on that day. The 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 accuracy of how they appear online, correct address, correct phone numbers, everything locked in place. And then the reputation, and then managing the reputation of their business online as well, right? Making sure that all the customers are happy. Why are why is a customer not happy, and how do we turn that customer that's not happy into a happy customer? And if we can do those three things on a daily basis for those clients, then it's easy for us to sell the service. Those layers up, like you were just discussing and talking about, those things layer up, and that's based on the client's needs at that point. What I find is when you were talking about this checklist of things that clients have or have, don't have, they're all in different they're all in different paths when they come to us. Some of them already have a really good SEO strategy in place, and I'm real transparent about what I believe they need and what they don't need. If they have someone who's doing really good SEO and I can see that and they've gone through the tests that I've looked at, I'm going to say like you need to stick with this SEO guy or gal. Yeah. This person knows what they're doing. I think they have you on the right track. Nothing that I would be doing would be any different. Same thing with anything else that I would look at. I, if they had someone internally that was doing their social media and they didn't feel like paying them anymore, and I said, it's going to be better if you have that person there distributing the content. We can help. We can help with the with, with the creation of the content, but I believe this person has got a good handle on the distribution. So I think the main thing is being transparent and upfront with the client on what they don't need to what they need at that point. So it meets up with their expectations because most clients' expectations are up here and the reality of what they need is right here. And until that matches up, sometimes you don't even get that feeling until the first meeting. So what you really want to sell and what you really want to wrap them into or the package, let's say, that you want to deliver to them, that package, they might not be ready for that package for six months. And they'll respect you more and stay with you longer when you can get them there in the time that you believe it's going to take to get them there. Yeah, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. In terms of the the content, though, like I'm I'm curious on how you guys go about not only creating the content and just uh, well, yeah. I mean, let's start there. Creating the content. I mean, is it all? Because uh, I mean, I imagine that you know a lot of your clients are not where you guys are. So you know, how do you create that content? What are you? What are a couple things that you guys are looking for? Like. So when we're creating the content for our clients, you mean? Yeah. I mean, like, how do you yeah. guys go about that? Yeah. So a majority of our clients are are local, but we have clients that are obviously nationwide. I mean, we have clients that are in California, yeah. Florida, things like that. They're out of state. We give them we give them a wireframe of what the ex, of what we expect from them 
on a weekly basis. So all of our employees on Sundays have a usually a contact with whoever their contact person is within that company that we're representing. And during that call on Sundays or meeting on Sundays, we get that information that we need and we come up with ideas to be able to get them prepared for the week. So, mm. hey, we need three videos, we need two images, we need this, this, and this, and we'll take care of the rest. <clears throat> and what happens is you breed up this eventual honesty and transparency with that client as the time goes on that you have them. But what you're doing is you're sticking a wireframe to them and just saying, hey, look, this is what we need from you. This is how you're going to get that content. Don't worry about what it looks like, sounds like, anything else. We just need this, 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 and this. And yeah. then from there, we create it and then distribute it. So majority of it's like kind of like together. Now with our local clientele, it's completely different. Our local clientele, the employees actually will go to the establishments and get the content, but get a majority of the content in one to two stops a month. And then we bring it back to the home base, shop it all up into what we need. And then we've got a full month's worth of content from there. Damn. So it's, Damn. yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not, look, there's hiccups and there's yeah. fires to put out and there's issues. This is not a perfect, this is not a perfect formula by any stretch of the imagination. But again, those expectations are set in the very beginning. And that's where most marketing companies, you know, they screw up. They, they don't onboard correctly and set an expectation up front. One, when selling, two, when onboarding. And when those two things don't happen, you get a pissed off client. Then you 100%. get then you get fast churn. Then you get when you get fast churn, you get bad you get a bad reputation. You get a bad reputation, you go out of business. So one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. And that that's one thing I didn't uh I didn't do at first because when I would work with so I had services, my bi weekly, weekly and monthly services, and I didn't have standards in place. And so mm -hmm. when I when I would work with these people and they weren't po posting consistently, they weren't implementing my strategies and tips. It ruined my reputation. And yeah. they, you know, they left after a couple months and they were like, oh, your tips and strategies don't work. But in reality, they didn't work. And so with my new packages, I have standards in place to which they have to be posting consistently. They have to implement my tips and strategies right away. And they have to attend my meetings and a failure to do any of that is a cancellation of the package with no refund. Cause it's yeah. like that it, you, you gotta, you gotta be committed into this, yeah. but you know, like I'm, I'm curious on how do you and your team operate all of this? You know, like who is in your team and, and, and how do you, how do you lead them? Cause it's something I'm trying to learn as I'm trying to scale and, and build my team out, uh, especially the, the, the leading aspect and, and, telling them what to do and how to deliver that. I don't tell them what to do. I lead, I lead by example, right? Okay. So yeah. by leading by example makes it, you, you automatically are, you don't have to tell them what to do because they're watching what you do. Right? So the other side of that is, is listening to them and understanding that you work for them. They don't work for you. And I know it sounds kind of cliche, but at the end of the day, like you, you re that's really what it comes down to. So when, when they say, hey, um, I don't know how to do this, instead of me saying, this is how you do this, I'm like, well, have you tried Googling it? Have you tried going to YouTube and watching a video on how to do it? Have you tried those things yet? And typically the answer is, and they're all quite honest, and they'll be like, no, I haven't. I'm like, all right, well, let's try that first and then come back to me. And I'd much rather them learn through that 
then learn through me taking up 45 minutes to an hour to explain to them how to do something, right? So Love it. again, you know, there are certain clients that I work with and I do, I, I still do certain so, certain accounts. I actually do the social media for certain accounts. I'll do the reputation management for now, now. Why do I do that? The reason I do that is because I want them to understand that I can, I, I'm, I'm living in their shoes at that moment. So I know what it's like. Love that. Also, a lot of these people are parents. So I understand that on a Sunday, they might not be able to make the meeting. So we're going to fill in, you know, myself, Nicole, somebody else is going to fill in for them to get the information that needs to happen so they can spend time with their kids or spouse or whatever it is. So it's just, it's just understanding where those people are in their life, being, being understanding, and then leading through the, the experiences that you're doing online. When I show up every day, it means they've got to show up every day. So the processes are processes that I was only able to figure out by making mistake after mistake after mistake until eventually I came up with a strategy and a formula that worked internally for the company that limited the amount of mistakes that we were making. And so once we were able to do that, it became very easy. But you typically are not going to be able to go into anything because everyone's personalities are different. You're not going to be able to go into this, uh, you know, utilizing someone else's strategy or formula because everyone's business is different internally. Right. So it's by it's through the mistakes that everything else becomes easy. And the goal is never to lead. The goal is that they lead themselves. You don't really have to do it. My goal, my goal was always to have this company become autonomous. It does it. it and really, that's what it is now. It, it runs itself. It's on autopilot. If I got hit by a bus tomorrow, the business would still be fine. Love so that. That was the goal. I, yeah. I can, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely. And I, this is why I'm so excited for this podcast and I'm already loving it because we're doing, we're super similar. Uh, you're just at a way bigger scale than what I'm doing. Um, but when you, when you're working with these people in terms of specifically social media, uh, where do you start with them? What platform are you looking at? You know, uh, how do you, you know, choose that? Because obviously it, it, it's probably different for different niches, different industries. How do you go about that? I, I go backwards. Okay. Well, I, 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 I go, I, I back into that conversation with them. <clears throat> Instead of asking them where they are currently, where they're putting content, they I ask them where they're not. And then, that will typically give me a good indication of why they're either successful or not successful currently utilizing social media. Then I ask them why they chose those specific platforms. And a, and a, and a majority of it will always come back to themselves and what they consume content from. So it's not from, it's not from, a, from a, a point of science or education. It's, a, it's from a point of um, their own ego. So a good example of this would be 60 to 70-year-old restaurant owner still doing direct mailers and traditional radio advertising. And I would say, why? And he would say or she would say, because I listen to radio and I still go to the mailbox. Okay, what radio stations are you advertising on? Well, I'm advertising on this country station. Okay. What kind of music do you listen to? Well, I listen to country. Okay. What do the majority of your clients listen to? Well, I, I assume country. Okay. 
Now, based on the $3,000 a month that you're spending on the radio advertising, how many butts and seats do we get in every single month from those radio advertisements? Oh, I don't know that. Okay, well, what do you know? What metrics do they give you with that $3,000 that you're spending every single right. month? Well, they told me that 8 million people listen to it. Okay, how many of those 8 million people have come into your restaurant? I don't know. Okay, now we step back real fast. Why are we paying $3,000 a month to not know? When you could pay exactly. zero and not know. And then immediately it starts to click in their brain. Oh my God, I've been making all my marketing decisions based on what I do, not based on science and what we would could, could potentially find out about our customers. And then oh, that's no. when you know where to start. Because then we can go and, we can, then, and then we can say, okay, well, you say you're on TikTok, but you're not on Facebook and Instagram and Google My Business and LinkedIn and Twitter. Why are we not there? I just don't use those platforms. Understandable. Do your clients maybe use those platforms? Yes. Then don't you think we should be there? It's a good point. That. Yeah. And, and that's when we start we start realizing that, man, TikTok is is cool. It's great. But let's go twenty four months back into the past real fast here. It was a it was a much tougher sell. Okay. Yeah. My hair was a lot shorter three years ago, and I was still tell I was trying to shove TikTok down people's throats, and they were not listening. They were not having it. It's a much easier conversation now. Right. But yeah. back then, it, the, you know what I mean? Like, the whatever platform they typically had success, the first immediate amount of success on is where they usually lead with their pillar of content and then work down. And you just got to get them to get out of that mindset and really kind of open up and cast that wide net into to, into the opportunities that they're possibly missing out on because they're missing out on a lot of opportunities. 100%. And I, I, uh, I can really relate to that because I consumed the most from TikTok, and that's why I started there. And, you know, it's done well from done well for me now and i'm going to continue to post on that platform but a lot of my customers uh are linkedin our businesses our brands and i've i'm 18 years old you think i'm on linkedin hell no but i needed to get on it and yeah. because there are a lot of people on linkedin that aren't on tiktok that i could help and so i love that i love working backwards and saying where are you not and why and and i love that but um, th speaking of, speaking of TikTok, do you, you know, do you, th do you recommend everyone to get on TikTok? And if so, what should they be doing and, and how can they be creating content? I recommend everybody be on whatever platform has the most attention at the moment. So, okay. you know, I was on clubhouse because at the moment, that's where a lot of people that I wanted to talk to were. In my own clubhouse now? No. I gave it an opportunity. I didn't like it. I don't pref I don't prefer audio like that. Um, it's just not something that, that garners, it just cannot keep my attention. So it didn't make sense for me, but I'm still going to give it an opportunity and try it because that's where the attention is at the moment. So currently the attention is on TikTok. That's where it is for the, for the foreseeable future, at least at this point, until these other platforms can start to kind of catch up in at least speed of evolution, because that's where TikTok is really winning right now is they're winning in the speed of the evolution of the application. No one else is just, nobody else is there. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Airbnb to hotels, you know, again, or Uber to taxis. Like it's just this thing where it's like, 
asleep at the wheel kind of shit, right? And yep. it, all these other <clears throat> platforms were just asleep at the wheel and TikTok's moving so fast. So do I think everyone needs to be there? Yeah, I do. If you have a business, you should absolutely, absolutely be on TikTok. What kind, of, what kind of content do I think you should be putting out? I think you should be putting out content that has nothing to do with sales. Zero. And it should be all about what myself, you, and everyone else that I know successful in the application does is giving as much upfront as possible. I mean, to the point where they don't even need to buy your services to be able to earn that trust and build out that community that can then drive into the other things that are going to make things happen. Because the bottom line is this. If people make the choice to follow you, it's because they chose, they've chosen to like you. And if they choose to like you, that means they want to see you succeed. And if you give them a way to help you succeed, whether, you know, if it's financially or if it's by some sort of support, it doesn't matter what it is, then they're going to do that because they believe in you. And that is the difference between the people on this application or this platform that are highly successful and the, and, and the people that are the, the type Lopez's of TikTok that are trying to Love sell that fucking courses and shove them down people's throats and fake it so yep. you make it Lambos and all that kind of crap. Dude, those days are so long gone. It's not even funny. You're much better off telling your story, truly telling your story like me, like raw you're authentic. I'm, yeah. You're 18. I'm 43. I've been bankrupt and divorced. Guess what? You're 18. You're probably going to go bankrupt one day. It's okay. You might get yep. divorced one day. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. And that was the story that I made sure that I told everybody up front because I wanted them to understand, like, dude, it can't, like, this shit is not easy. It is yeah. not meant to be easy. It never has been. Anybody, any nine-year-old you talk to is going to tell you life is hard. So yep. buckle up. Shit's going shit's gonna to go south a bunch in your life. Just be prepared. Take it on the chin. Get up. Keep moving. And yep. That's just that's just been my mindset from the very beginning with it. And if you can be upfront, transparent like that with people on here, they just want to know your story, and then they decide they decide how well you do after that. Exactly. So, there's there's so much to to uh, I mean really focus in on there. I mean, and also have you say it all the time. Have no expectations. Have no expectations of them buying you, uh, buying your product, buying your service. Like just. It should just be free, valuable content. Yep. And back to what you were saying, like once you have an impact on them, then they're going to want to not only support you in terms of your content, but also probably purchase your product or service. Yeah. And they're going to see it in the comments. I mean, other people that maybe have not gotten that in, that full impact will see it in the comment section of what impact that you're providing and be like, oh, my God, this guy is actually you know, doing it. I mean, yep. in my comment section, when people see – Coach Stone, thank you so much. I just reached 50,000 followers. I've been listening to your advice. That's going to, if someone sees that, they're going to be like, okay, maybe I should follow this guy. You know, like. It's called social proof. Right. Yeah. It's like, it, it completely changes it just from free, valuable content. It doesn't cost me anything. It costs no. me my time and the $100 ring light that I bought that you don't even need. You can use your window. Sure. You know, like it, social media is. I, I can't express it enough. It's ridiculous and it's changing marketing, uh, especially TikTok. Um, but you know, you said it earlier uh, a couple of years ago on how a lot of companies and brands are are hesitant on getting on a platform like TikTok. So, what what did you tell them, and how did you effectively convey? Or even now, I mean, a, a lot of brands and businesses are 
scared to get on TikTok and really don't know the value. Uh, how do you effectively convey that value of social media and TikTok to them? I do it by putting out content endlessly on a daily basis and explaining the importance of the opportunity that they have at this moment and that all the complaining that they've been doing over the last four, five, six, seven years complaining about Facebook and Instagram and Google and Yelp and this and that and every other thing digitally under the sun, every complaint that they've conceivably been able to come up with, blaming it on the platforms, I say, this is your shot and opportunity to do it right this time. The same people that were highly successful and are still highly successful on Facebook and Twitter and every other platform that, that, that has been there for years and years and years and years. And these people have 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100,000 followers. They all started in the same spot you were on a platform just like TikTok when Twitter was just like TikTok and Facebook was just like TikTok and Instagram was just like TikTok. They started in the same spot. So this is your opportunity. If you don't want to take it, you can't complain about it in five years. You still will, but this is your opportunity. And then I show them people in their industry because the great thing about TikTok is every industry has at least one person or two people that are fucking demolishing people <laughs> yeah. on that application. And I show them them and I go, that could have been you or it still can be. Now that, de that decision is up to you. But I guarantee you, if we talk to that person, their life is completely changed based on the use of this app. And that 100%. can sometimes wake them up. Now, three, four years ago, that conversation was a lot more difficult to have. Yeah. And the people that were like, okay, I think he's onto something here. They, 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 they went with it. The people that didn't, yep. didn't. It is what it is. But at this point, I shouldn't have to force you to get on this application. At this point, right. it's... It's just something that should happen. If you're not there, that's just pure laziness. Bottom line. It has nothing to do with fear because you're putting out the same shit on Instagram and Facebook. It has nothing to do with fear. How long have I been shoving down their throats that video is going to rule the platforms? I've been shoving it down their throat. Didn't listen. If you go back and look at my Instagram, I converted all my content to video way before Instagram made that decision to start doing that. I was like, nope, I'm starting now. And it's the same thing with TikTok. You know, it's like, you just got to carve out your little piece. Yeah, 100%. And I love the when you, you said in three, four years, they're going to be saying the same thing that they're saying now about Facebook and Instagram, and they're going to be on TikTok. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, oh my God, only if I created three, four years ago. And, and look, you know, TikTok might not be, it probably is not going to be the, the top of the game in a couple of years. I mean, there's probably going to be another platform that might come up. You just never know, you know, but like, like you said, always staying on the platform that has the most attention right now. It's TikTok. I mean, yeah. and, and a lot of people are wondering why, and I could tell you why. Well, I mean, if you look at another platform, like Instagram, for an example, you get so many places where people can go get content from. You got stories, you got the feed, you got the trending, you got, reels you got so many places and and with tiktok there's one and this is the for you page and you're brought to it right when you open the platform and it's endless it's endless scrolling mm -hmm. and 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 you're just and it's a user-based platform it's yep. interest-based platform 
you know, my first 100,000 followers are probably not even looking at my content anymore or probably not even shown my content anymore because they're interacting with other content. Yep. And these algorithms know more about you than they than you know about yourself. It is ridiculous. But I, I 100% agree with you on like every brand right now should at least, you know, look look into TikTok and getting started. And I love the point you said about how you can take an, uh, a brand or an influencer or a creator in that industry and saying, look, this is this could be you. And every single time I do that, every single time, the the response is, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, yeah. like, oh, if that person is blown up, that's not even inter- that's not even good content. You know, like, and it's like, what is? But you know, you I guarantee you, you can make good content too. Like, yeah. But I mean. You have to go into it like how all, all of us went into it on like the first hundred videos, the first hundred videos, 200 videos that you put out are going to be shit. And if you have that and if you just commit and just put your head down and like I'm doing with this podcast, it's the longevity and the returns are going to be astronomical. 100%. And, and it's going to be way better. It's going to be way better. You're, you're not going to be focusing on what you shouldn't be focused on. The new the vanity metrics how many followers how many views you get when when people ask me like oh what happens when you get low views it's like i don't really care like because when you're judging your video performance based on the views you're mm-hmm. judging your video perform you're judging the video performance on how well tiktok put it in front of the best audience and they're they're just not good at that i mean sometimes they're just not good at that I posted 50, 60 videos. Not one of them got over a thousand views. I posted one more after that that resonated with the the small initial group of people and, and went viral. And that's when I established my audience because I reposted those 50, 60 videos and then those went viral. So those mm-hmm. 50, 60 videos were great videos. They just weren't getting placed in front of the best audience. So that's yeah. why you just have to put your head down and grind. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like 600 I, I want to say it was like 600, maybe around 600 posts until I had one go viral somewhere around. Yeah. There. Like and you've been, you've been creating content for a long time on that. Oh project. yeah. And I'm, I mean, I went back and looked at one of my old, like my very first TikToks and I ended up saving it to my camera roll and I'm going to, sh- I'm going to be sharing that because I want people to see, like, I was like, my God, dude, I'm watching it. And I'm just like cringing my ass off and I'm just going, wow, what was I doing? <laughs> but in the reality, like I was doing way more than what anybody else was doing, but it, but at that point in time, nobody was talking about. No, I was talking a lot about reputation management then. Now, if you still go to the hashtag reputation management on TikTok, I believe that I still dominate that hashtag on TikTok. Now, the way that I foresaw this was eventually TikTok will be a platform. And the way that I was calling the shot was this. I was calling the shot that Facebook would buy TikTok. That that was the shot that I was calling. Based on that shot, I was going, now on this platform, if Facebook buys it, they're not going to kill it. If they buy it and they're going to keep it, they might change a few things. But on that, but in that hashtag, I'll have carved out this giant piece of real estate in the industry that I work with it. I'm just going to keep doing that. And I think to this day, if I go in and look, I think I'm like, I got to be one of the top videos on there. And it was because I put out so much content. I don't really do a lot of reputation management stuff anymore. I still do time to time. But it, that was important to me that I dominated that hashtag. That was a goal of mine. I was like, I want to be, when someone types that hashtag in, I want to be the guy they see. him like, why is that guy talking so much under this hashtag? He must know what he's doing. 
Yeah. And that is that same type of social proof that you were talking about. And that is exactly. very important. It's very, oh, very 100%. important. 100%. And I always tell people like, you never really know what video is going to do it for you. Like, but the main goal is to just put out the best form of content that resonates with the most amount of people and achieves your goals and intentions. But you can't find that best form of content if you're not trying every form of content. So sure. trying different sceneries, trying different forms and structures of content, trying different tonalities in your voice or and seeing asking, what works and what doesn't. Or asking your audience what they want to see. Exactly. I, I exactly. did that one day. I literally said, guys, what do you want from me? And I said, do you want the long form two minute Todd's three minute Todd's, or do you want the 45 second, you know, 15 second Todd's? And everybody was like, we want the two minute, three minute Todd's. And I was like, no, that, I said, that's interesting. TikTok is saying they want this, but all my followers are saying they want this. Who do I listen to? Well, I wasn't going to listen to TikTok. I was going to listen to my audience and I carved out that spot for myself. There's guys like you and like Aaron and like, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, JT, right? Yeah. Yep. JT and Mike, you know, there's yeah. guys like that, that you got, you know, Mike might be in the middle a little bit, but, but you like Aaron, like JT are, are, are short formers where there's times where you do go long form, no doubt. And they're good. I watched your most recent one and it was a hell of a video and it was, and you warned them up front. You're like, guys, this is a long one. Now you got to do that because they, they are not used to that. Exactly. Yeah. But for me, my audience likes that two minute, three minute Todd video. And that's just what they prefer. So that's what I give them. Now I'll, I'll seed in, I'll season, you know, a little, little, you know, salt bay of um, short, funny content every now and then. And recently I've been doing that and people like fucking love it. But I think they yeah. really love it because they're like, well, we know the real Todd, how the real Todd is. So it's cool yeah. to see him fucking act like a jackass a little bit. We kind of enjoy it. You know, they're like, oh, he yeah. does have a sense of humor. He's not this like serious, like digital marketing guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. And if you're just starting out and you don't really have an audience, go where your audience already is. Yeah. Go to where people are dominating in, in your niche. Look mm -hmm. at their comment sections. You know, I guarantee you that they're asking questions that that creator is not answering. And, you know, you can even answer them. You know, you can do video replies to those. You can gauge what your audience wants and, and fill that need. And, and you know, follow people that are creating content that you like and, and kind of developing your own strategy and um, – other topics for your content too. I think that's why guys, you know, the group of us, I don't know how it kind of ended up this way, but it just did the, the, the me, the, you, the Aaron, the JTs, the mics that are out there. I think we're all trusted that five, six core group of guys. I think we're all trusted in, in the realm here. Now, um, every one of us responds to everybody in the comments. It's one thing that I've yep. noticed very seldom. Do you see any of us miss an engagement on any of the posts that we put out? And that is a big, big differentiator Huge. between success on this platform or not. I mean, you just gotta be stupid. If you got five people that comment on your post and you go in and respond five times, you now have 10 comments on that post. That is a dead ringer for any platforms algorithm. If you're trying to figure it out and crack the code, if there's something happening, the algorithm likes to be invited to the party too, guys. So if you got exactly. five comments in there, jump in there. Now that's 10 comments. They don't care if the comments came from you or came from someone else. And then you got having a party. Yeah. And then you're, you created five 
more raving fans that will comment even more and be like, oh, my God, he responds. And potentially two to three pieces of content that you can create from the engagement of that post. So then that takes out the whole point of I can't come up with anything to talk about. You respond, make a video responding to a comment that 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 should be your always should be your end all be all of a clap back and or. If you've hit that brick wall in content, and it happens to all of us, anybody that says that this that does not happen to is a fucking straight up liar. Every nice. single one of us sits in front of this camera and goes, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to say. Go into your comments on a post, find a question, find a comment that somebody made, and make a piece of content out of it, and it will get the juices flowing. Exactly. Your brain already knows what to do. Yeah. It's not, it's not a shortage of content ideas. I think no. it's a failure to articulate those content ideas and to put them into videos. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're creating content uh, around something that's already involved in your life, like I'm doing with both of my accounts, it should be easy. And look, worst case scenario, go on like Quora.com or go on Google and type in your niche and get some trending questions. You know, like, but, but with all of this, Todd, people fail to even start even in the same thing with entrepreneurship i mean people get in this analysis paralysis state and and they're stressed out on oh do they know enough uh so what do you recommend for someone entrepreneurship and content to get started and how can they get what are some ways they can get started right away you know it, the answer is going to sound so like basic, but it's it, you got to download the applications and you have to get in there and really start looking. It's before you start posting, you need you need to start looking, and you got to look at you know people say pick a niche, whatever it is. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be. People don't people are engineers and they talk about toys on here, and this is where that's what their TikTok content is about, right? So just because you work in a specific niche doesn't mean that your content has to be about that. It can be about something that you're totally in da- down and interested in. It doesn't have to be about what you do for a living unless that's what you're unless you're utilizing it to generate revenue for you. If you're using it for that, then that's a different story. But look at the content that you like and enjoy consuming. And then at that point, it's going to be much, much easier for you to start creating the content from there. It, the other things that we talk about on here are really for people that are already kind of in it already, but yep. are but are are having a tough time, not necessarily getting started, but how to keep going. Exactly. And that, that's really the people that I, I believe that we're kind of trying to help, or, or we just oh one hundred percent. They're already one hundred percent. Yeah, so, I just I I uh you know I I clip up these podcasts, and you know there are people that especially on my coach stone account because i'm super good at inspiring people to inform themselves of the creator economy and get started mm-hmm. so i got a lot of followers that haven't even started or are just starting out and are not consistent and uh i think you know the biggest thing is and it, the, the biggest thing that's holding people back is usually the insecurity of what people are going to think of them and really it's like right when you post that first video your whole universe opens up and you realize that no one actually gives a shit you know, people are so focused on themselves, just like how you are right now. You know, like, just do you do your life, you know, do your life, pursue your dreams, do you and and start, you know, like, you, are you are you afraid of failing? So what failure is the best teacher, you know, like, it's, it, yeah, it's the right. best. Te- yeah, it's the best teacher. Like, 
you're not going to get anywhere from standing on the sidelines and uh, evaluating for six months, seven months. That was a big thing I did. Uh, I was doing before I got into drop shipping. And then I told myself, I was like, I just need to get started. Mm-hmm. And I know that my first drop shipping store is going to suck and I'm going to fail. So what? You know, like I'm getting, I'm going to learn more and I'm going to learn a lot more from just looking at YouTube videos. Same thing with TikTok. You're going to learn a lot more from just watching, from, from doing your own content, from just watching my content. Like you're not, you're going to learn the basics from watching my content, but you're going to learn a lot more from creating your own content. If you just historically go back and look at every success story that's ever been told, it, it, it always, the story always starts with a broken dream or a failure. It never starts from the end of where the success happens and occurs. It starts from heartbreak, busted dream broken, or an absolute and epic failure. Uh, the story always starts there. And that's where the protagonist is then introduced. And that's when the story arc begins. And it's the same story over and over. And this is your life. The funny thing is, is that people believe because we are in just in the world that we live in, we watch so many movies and so many TV shows. And we believe that when the end of the show happens, that's the end. Well, interestingly enough, that's why there's multiple seasons of shows. So each part of our life is a cliffhanger. And it's left at a cliffhanger when we lay our head down at night and go to sleep. And it starts all over again. Season, you know, episode two, season one starts all over again. I love at 43 that. years old, I've lived four, four lifetimes already. Okay. I, I literally break up life in a 10, in a decade, you know, break up. That's how I do it. I've lived four lifetimes already. And I've you been six able to more. live four times. Fail, yeah. I've failed more than I've lived. So if that tells you anything, eventually, eventually you start getting towards the, 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 the story arc, the, the middle part of the story arc. And I will tell you this being the difference in our ages. I will tell you that when I was an 18 year old or 20 year old or 21 year old, a 43 year old person telling me something, I was not listening and I knew better. Now looking back, as a 43 year old looking back on 18, 20 year old me, I realized that really all they were doing was sharing the experience of uh, experiences of you're going to fail. So just, you're just going to have to take it at 18, 20 years old. The odds of you failing are very, are slim to none because you're protected by your, by, by your parents. Typically they want to protect you from failure. Think about it when when you start to walk. I heard this the other day, you get up and you start walking and everyone claps and is excited for you to start clapping or start walking. And then you fall down and everybody is like, come on, get up, start walking. Da, 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 da. And as you get older, you, you, you become extremely deflated because every, every time you go, well, I want to get up and I'm going to start walking towards this new career that I want to do. And mom and dad are like, I don't know. It doesn't sound safe. Uncle John's over here. Oh, I tried that when I was your age. I don't like it. And so immediately your whole persona went from people cheering you on and helping you get up to continue down that road to, I don't know if I should do that. You should do that. Like be, be mindful. And it's a, it's an interesting world because we're protected very young, but as we get older, we're not as protected and we're, it's a different type of protection. It's protection of defeating them saying, don't, don't do it. Save yourself the heartache. Yeah. And, and, and that's the one thing I would tell your listeners, especially the young ones, is don't get the heartache, feel the failure, take it, learn from it, 
and then move forward. And as you said, failure is the best teacher. I cannot say that any better. It is the best. You have those two pictures behind you. One says hustle, one says grind. The other one should say accept failure as a lesson. <laughs> yeah. I'll write 100%. it on a piece of paper and yeah. send it to you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I always tell, tell kids like, and, and, you know, my friends to just take risks while you're young, while you have that ability to, you know, you don't have kids, you, you don't have bills, you don't have any worry, you know, just take risks. And that was, I think one of the biggest, uh, you know, points of like, I was just like, I got to just start, you know, yeah. I got to just start and take this risk. So what if it doesn't work out? Like it, I'll, I'll learn a lot more after it. But you know, I, I think don't uh, ever stop taking risks. Oh, one hundred percent. Don't ever stop that. If it, 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 it should never, that shouldn't even be in your head. You should always take risks. It eliminates yeah. competition so much easier for you. The average person is scared shitless of taking risks. If you're yeah. willing to, the more risks you're willing to take. The more opportunities you're going to have, the more opportunities you have, the more opportunities you have to win, at least in your mind, because winning for you and winning for me are two totally different things. At age 43, winning for me is going to be different than you at 18 winning. Yeah. Right. True. True. Yeah. Completely right. Completely right. I, uh, I, I know that we provided a ton of value in terms of the marketing and the entrepreneurship and all of that. I want to dive, dive into our last topic here in terms of money investments, love to talk about money and normalize money on this podcast. So um, first, I just want to get your opinion on your investments, your investment strategies, and kind of what you're what you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, as far as investments go, it's pretty traditional, you know, traditional stock market. Um, love it. Obviously, you know, it's that's just part of my age, you know, being Gen X. Yeah, Gen X, you know, we were we were brought up traditionally seeing people be successful in, in, in traditionally traditional investing. And I think it's a good way to get started. It's an easy way to get started for people. It's easy. It's, it's not difficult to understand. Now you have the ability nowadays to be able to really kind of dabble with it yourself, which is kind of interesting, kind of fun. You know, I couldn't do that. Um, when I was 18 or 19 years old, you couldn't really do that. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, one thing that I will say, and what, one that I, I really truly believe that should be educated more in the public school system and even in the private school system is talking about credit. I, I don't, every high school student that I do talk to or get the opportunity to talk to, I, I ask them about that. And uh, I get the same answer that it's not really taught in school how to read a credit report, um, how, how banks uh, report on loans. Um, how collections happen, how to get out of a collection, things like these strategies are not taught in this public school system or private school system. And I think that's a disservice to uh, kids everywhere. But we're taught how to balance a checkbook or balance a bank account. And I believe it is um, that's part of the educational system's issue, uh, in yeah. my opinion. It's something that, again, needs to be discussed, but that's for another day. Uh, yeah. Real estate, I believe, will always be the, the best and safest way from an opportune standpoint to make your money back. Um, I've always told everybody, if you do make a lot of money and you own a house, the best piece of advice I was ever told was to pay the house off immediately. Um, that puts you in an immediate positive cash flow situation. Immediately. Yep. Um, whether you believe it or not. But land is something that is not that cannot be recreated. 
it is there once and then from there it is what it is it's not like living in the metaverse right. where there's infinite amounts of of real estate um so i believe you have some traditional um, investments you have real estate and then you can start to kind of get yourself into the cryptocurrency side of things and everything else my former business partner saw the cryptocurrency market way ahead of everybody else I remember being in the car with him and him driving to buy miners from people in like really shady neighborhoods and shit. Yep. And he had miners set up inside of our offices. And this was probably four or five, five years ago. And this guy was mining, you know, uh, Ethereum and there probably was some Bitcoin in there that he was mining everything yeah. else like that. Now to this day, uh, he's financially independent and does not need anything based on that. Did I listen to him? No, the answer was no. I did not listen to him, and I probably missed out on—I don't know—probably five or six million dollars in cryptocurrency mm. that I could be sitting on to this day. What could you do? There's nothing you can do. Yeah, um, exactly. When I did start, I did start to get into it though and dabble in it early, earlier than everybody else, and there you go. Educated myself about it and made sure now you know that yeah. we have—we're we're set pretty good from a cryptocurrency standpoint, family-wise. And yeah. then you see NFTs and stuff. And the NFT side is Love not it. something that I'm really, I'm not that into it yet, but I, I taught myself how to make an NFT and how to post an NFT and how to collect uh, residuals off the sale of an NFT. And I wanted to make sure that I had that understanding and education. I don't spend a lot of time on that stuff, but I at least know how to do it. So if somebody said to me, what is it? What can you do with it? And can you make them and distribute them? I can say yes to all of those things because I've done it. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I agree with a lot of those points, starting off with that educational system. It's like, I it's, it's one like reason why I'm still glad I'm in the educational system. So that way I can, you know, kind of uh, put in my two cents, what I believe in, and really, you know, say we're not learning this. You know, and it is, it's horrible. I mean, it's like, even if, even if kids just understood the value of their time mm -hmm. and how they have an advantage that they would never get for the rest of their life. I said this in the, the past uh, episodes, but it's, it's true. It's like, you have an advantage that you wouldn't get, you will not get for the rest of your life in terms of investments. And that is time. And this mm -hmm. will give you the ability to take full advantage of compound interest. So just investing consistently. I mean, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks a month is going to change your life financially forever. I mean, the sooner you do it, you know? And so, uh, moving on to the real estate, totally agree with that. You know, like real estate, uh, I think paying off your, a lot of people will agree a disagree, but I think paying off your home will, like you said, positive cash flow right from there. And you can start to, you know, dabble into other things and not have to worry about, oh my God, if I do take this risk and go bankrupt, will I lose my house too? It's like, no, you know, you got that, you got that, you know, settled. So it's like, uh, and then you can work on more properties and more rental properties and, and just build up your portfolio. Uh, crypto, same thing. I love crypto. I mean, it's what got me into the the creator space i got big into bitcoin big into ethereum and i was like this is so fascinating same thing with compound interest and investing but i was just like this is so fascinating i want to talk about it to more people and you know i can't just go to my friends and be like yo 
Bitcoin or blockchain, you know, it's just such a one dimensional conversation. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to create TikToks and whoever wants to watch them can watch them. Yeah. And yeah, the re the rest is history. And that's then part NFTs. of your problem, dude. That's part of your problem. The, like I said, the average 18 year old kid is not, is not, you're not having conversations <laughs> like this. I know. I just I know. can't imagine having a conversation, 18 year old Todd and you, the conversation would just be so, I'd be like, shut up. We're going to the park. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah. I you mean, would start yeah. talking to a girl in the corner about NFTs and I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I just don't bring it up anymore. And so I'm just like, all right, only, only content, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but the, the NFTs are even more interesting. It's like uh sense it's of ownership exciting, and all of the, it's 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 insane um and obviously it's a huge bubble right now so i'm interested to see how it kind of plays out but yeah i mean that's uh, that's awesome you know is there anything else you would like to to share ask anything before no, we wrap I mean, up? right now big focus for me is uh is the consulting side of things where um i've been able to kind of opened myself. I got request a lot of it. The consulting thing kind of came out of nowhere. That was more same with me. That was more of my like, really, like really, really loyal, like community, like coming to me and saying, look, we, we want, we want more of you, but we don't know how to get that right now. Like, how do we do that? And I was like, all right, I have, I put, I've been putting it off for a while. Like I just didn't want to do it. And then finally I was like, all right, like I'm going to have to do this. And maybe it's a good idea to do it, to create, you know, um, you know, separate, a, a separate cash flow stream. It doesn't matter. It, it is what it is. It's something that I could live with or not live with. Let's put it that way. Right. right. So at that point I said, all right, <clears throat> let's do this. Let's create this pathway for people. But I did it in a way where it made sense for me. It made sense for them. And I kept it very limited. So I only talked to or have five people at a time and that's it. It, I don't let any any more than five people in at a time. Now, if one breaks off, then I can go, hey, look, there's an open spot. But right. other than that, like, and right now it's closed. Like, there's, you know, you can get on a list and you can still do that 30-minute free consultation with me. I let people talk to me for 30 minutes for free. And that, I believe, is fair enough for them to go, okay, I wanna, I'm going to wait for this guy or I'm going to go with somebody else or um, I'm going to be willing to, um, you know, take what I learned in this 30 minutes and apply it. And when a spot opens up, I'm going to, I'm going to have my opportunity to be in there. So that's yeah. been my major focus as of late and I'm enjoying it, dude. Like I have five people that I talk to for a straight for five hours a week total. I give them my time. They give me their money and they're all doing really, really well. And so that's as awesome. of right now it's working. And so until it doesn't work or until I go, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Um, you know, that's where I am. But I believe in every stage of someone's life when they get enough experience under their belt that it's their duty to help others, number one. And then it's also a great way for them to create a business that is everlasting, that it can continue forever. They can do yeah. it when they retire, things like that. And that was really the way that I looked at it. I was like, what do I want to do when I retire? Well, I'd like to just be a hired gun. I'd like Love to be that. somebody that they pay. I come in, I look at it, I fix it, and I can move on. And that's that's kind of where I see myself in the future is just that being that person. 
And I've been smart enough to be able to have a company that's been created that, like I said, the main goal with that company was to be able to get it to do what it's supposed to do, which is generate revenue and pay the bills and create wealth on its own. And now I don't have to do that. So now I can go focus on these other things. And so yeah. that's where I am now. So anybody that's interested, you're more than welcome to do that. Coach Stone says, no, man, I don't want to work with you. Then you can be like, oh, well, Todd will work with me. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, so, no, I'll, yeah, I'll take anyone on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, fun. it's fun, though, dude. I have a blast, and I've met a yeah. lot of really cool people. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, our live is our live was the other night was like one of my favorite lives I've ever. Oh had. my god, it was awesome! It was awesome. Yeah, yeah and we got to do we got to do some of those TikTok lives together. That is one I piece was, of advice. I, I don't want to cut you off, but that would be one no, piece no, of advice go. I would give everybody um, if they've listened this far in the podcast is to go live as much as you possibly can. Um, that is where everything changed for me. I'm just putting that out there, like. I was putting out content. I had a couple pieces go viral, but it like I was still in this like growth where it was like growing, but it wasn't quite growing at the speed as, as everybody else around me. And I did question it a few times where it's like, man, this is weird. Like, why isn't mine? Why isn't mine growing? You know, yeah. where, whereas I'm seeing everybody else, and I'm like, God, I'm doing the same. I'm we're we're on the same levels here. We're all doing these same things. And then again, it was acceptance, finally acceptance for me going, okay, it's just not my time yet. It's just not my time. And eventually it will be. And I said, well, what can I change? So I gave myself a couple different things that I wanted to do throughout the year. And one of the goals was I was going to go live for 12 months straight every single night between nine and 10. That was it. And within 60 days, dude, it went from like 65,000 followers to like, I think it's like at 110 now. And I'm like, Dude, the only thing I fucking did different was go live every night. That's it. Yeah. Super underrated. It's super underrated, especially if you go live like after you post a video because that's going to be shown to people's for you pages. Yeah. And they're going to see that and be like, oh, he's live. Let me pick his brain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Not that our totally. lives are super exciting, dude. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're really not. I mean, yeah. you know, you got to understand in our niche, there's not much that you can cons- you can sit yeah, there and talk for an hour. Yeah. That's- Garner, garners people's attention for 60 minutes yeah it's true it's just not true. Happen. yep well <clears throat> thank you uh thank you todd for coming on i mean this is probably my favorite pod yeah this is my favorite podcast for sure it fucking uh, should be. yeah <laughs> uh but you know that it, it's been a blast um you know, so that, that's going to do it today for today's episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Uh, thank you again, Todd, for, for joining me today. Um, join us again next week on our next episode uh, with Tom Boyd, who is the host of the Brands Are Creators podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, so make sure that you don't miss that. And then also make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Rate it five stars. Share with everyone you know. And also subscribe to the YouTube. Hit the like button. Leave your comments down below. I check those. I check those and reply to all of them. And then if you don't follow me already on TikTok, be sure to check me out at Coach Stone and at Stone Fredrickson. Plus follow my Instagram, add me on LinkedIn. And I'll add all of Todd's uh, socials down below. So check him out. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.